0: You are about to listen to a message from Dan Moeller, a personal friend and family member of Rock City Church in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Dan has an intense passion to see the body of Christ walk in their identity, know the love that God has for them, and then properly show that love to everyone that they encounter. So prepare yourself to be inspired and motivated to be more like Jesus and to love like He loves to everyone that you encounter.
1: uh, Man, we've had fun. I got two things on my heart that are on my heart that I think we're going to preach. We'll find out, but I think I'm to share them, okay? So go to to Timothy with me real quick, Uh, the second book of Timothy. I want to talk about something real quick and establish something, then I want to really just share some good news, okay? I mean, it's all good news, but... Okay, this morning, this morning service we just said something in the beginning, and I, and I'll say it to you without going on the same track and, and repeating the morning service because I don't know how to do two things twice. I figure a lot of you repeat it anyway. You're double dipping, and 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 the other people could get a CD or DVD, and we'll just take advantage of the fresh opportunity and just keep preaching Word. Amen. <laughs> so I'm not real good at like repeating things and doing things the same twice, because I have a lot of extra stuff on my heart right now. But the the bottom line is this. The whole design of gathering yourself together was never just to do a Sunday morning duty. We, it's, we're not in church. Hopefully, we're just not in church. You never get reduced to we're in church because it's Sunday morning at 11, and that's when we meet. The reason we come is in order to stir ourselves in love and good works, to stay focused and stay in tune with what we've become a part of. We're a part of something, and you guys really get that. I leaned over to Amber in worship, and I said, you know, kiddo, this is like something really sweet here. I said, I travel all over for a lot of years, and... And and there's a one heart here. There's so I can hardly put it in words. There's there's something I keep perceiving that's really neat. That's like a one thing. And it's and it's corporate. It's a lot of you. And I told her, I think it's in the top 10. It's inside the top 10 of what I've experienced in all my travels. That thing I keep perceiving. I wouldn't just say that. I, I, I wouldn't just say that. is something happening. Be a part of it. Stay humble and run well. Yeah, like the spirit of God's all over me, just loving on me on that and going yeah, 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 yeah. He's excited. I'm serious. He's excited, and but it takes us. It takes. He created us in His image. He He gave the earth to the children of men. He told us to subdue, not be subdued. So there's some privileges we get to walk in. We've been so deceived over the years with just general cliche stuff and thoughts like, well, God's at some desk of administration. Everything that happens is God. He's in ultimate and in total control. Well, he is in ultimate control, but he's, he's not in total control. Men are reaping what they sowed. Amen. Men are being destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Not because God administrated it because we didn't get the knowledge. So get the knowledge and stop the destruction. Take authority, live in truth, walk in purity, live by faith. There's a lot of things he's given us to steward the earth. It's just too easy, and it's a cop-out to just blame it all on God and say, well, I don't know why God, and how come God, and what did God, and why God, and that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. And then he slithers away like a snake in the grass, ha, ha, ha. And Now he's captured your heart, and he's blinded you to truth, and you can't have relationship because you have issues. Okay, that's not even where I'm going, but boy, (laughs) (laughs) that felt good, though. Man, that felt good. (laughs) That felt good. Come on, guys. Just too easy. I don't know why God let that happen, and I don't know why. He authors life, he puts the power of death and life in your tongue to show you that he's made you in his image and given you an authority, and then you don't steward it, and you speak death, and when death comes, you wonder why he let it happen. Don't do that. We're more than that. In all our getting, Proverbs says, not in some of your getting, in all your getting, get understanding. He didn't say blessing. He didn't say a better job and a higher pay raise. In all you're getting, get understanding. It's fascinating to me that we grew up here and what you don't know won't hurt you. You all heard that somewhere along the line. Well, you know, what you don't know won't hurt you. What you don't know is destroying you. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Whoever heard this one, well, it'd be great if it would happen, but if I were you, I wouldn't get my hopes up. See, my hope. You're going to protect yourself from letdown by not getting your hopes up and closing the door for sure. The Bible says get your hopes sky high. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. That hope, yes. Hebrews 6, is the anchor of your soul, and it passes through the veil into his presence. Hope. And you grew up, and I grew up hearing, if I were you, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Now, I know this made it all the way down here to Corpus Christi. I know you've heard this. Well, you know, what you see is... See, it's become universal language. It's everywhere you go. You quote the front half, they finish the second because we've all heard it. We've been all trained by that voice. And it's not the Lord because the Bible says don't ever live by what you see because it's subject to change. What is unseen is eternal. Now, isn't it amazing that I just quoted a few little lines we all grew up with and there's many more. That when you open the book, they're 180 degrees different. It's not an accident. It's because we were trained by another voice, by another wisdom called the wisdom of this age, the spirit of this world. Yeah? Yeah. And it's called the way that. Seemeth right. Well, it sure seems right. Grew up with it. Seems right. But when you look at what it produces, it's never life. So in all you're getting, get understanding. Okay. Man, that felt good. That's not what I'm preaching though, but I slipped it in there, didn't I? So I said I'm going to cover three things or two things and I've already got three and we'll be about eight before I'm done and we'll be on time because it's not about staying all day. We have schedules, we have kids, we have children's workers, we have people laboring today for the house. We're not in spiritual if we say we need to Leave at a certain time. That doesn't limit God. Holy Spirit's not offended, and we would all know if it's different than that. And He's doing something, but then He'd cover all. It's not cool. We all come in. Oh, it was so God. Wow, we went for hours, and the children's workers are hair frizzled, and the kids <laughs> like. And then you say, "Oh yeah, it's just Jesus." Now, if it's Jesus, everything's covered. It's, you don't have to stay here all day. We have to stay sharp hear what the Lord's saying, stay focused and leave here looking a little more like him than when you came. Then we've hit the mark and we've done what we came for. You don't come to feel accepted. You don't come to do your duty. You don't just come to serve and find identity and be a part of Rock City. You come because we're a family. We're growing together. We're an army rising up and God's doing something great. Okay, simple. All right, here's the deal. Paul says something at pretty close to the end of his, his life and ministry. And, and his life in God, and uh, it's pretty amazing. It's not just a refrigerator scripture. It's something we have to glean from and catch, okay? Who's ever heard this in your Bible? The phrase, not faith, the phrase, the faith. You ever hear it? It's a lot of places. Contending for the faith, established in the faith, obedience to the faith, kept the faith, resist him steadfast in the faith. That's just a few. And I know more. I've been in the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love reading my Bible because <laughs> it's like looking into him. <laughs> I was barely saved, man. Jesus messed me up a long time ago, man, in a good way. I'm barely saved, Pastor. I'm sitting on my bed and I go to open my Bible to read it. And he whispers to me, and, and I'm ready to read. And he says it in a whisper. I hear it in a whisper that captivated me. He whispered to me when I was opening my Bible. And he said, this is your face-to-face encounter with me. And he said, and no one looks into my face and lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh! And I knew it's... In him is the place I die to me and come alive in him. He said, this is your face-to-face encounter with me, and no one looks into my face and lives. (laughs) So look into his face and die already. All right? Because if you really look into his face, nothing can stay the same. He changes your mindset, your attitudes, your motives. He goes inside of you and changes where you live from and your reason for being. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you didn't find an additive to your life. You found a new life. It's not Jesus incorporated. It's Christ in me. Yeah? Come on. Oh, Okay, I'm trying to get to where I'm going. Paul says in verse 7, this is amazing, watch this, watch this. See, because the faith, now I'm teaching, so when we read this, we'll get it. The faith, the phrase the faith has nothing to do with the tool you apply to get an answer to prayer. We think a faith, all faith is, is believing for a new job, believing for a family member to change, believing for my mom to get saved, believing for my son to walk straight faith. That's a part of faith. But the Bible amplifies the phrase the faith all the time and says that we live in one faith. Has nothing to do with getting a better job. Has nothing to do with believing you're not going to get laid off. The faith is a perspective you live by understanding what you've become now that he came. The faith is a perspective. It's the faith. It's what you've become through his finished work and the place you live from and the reason you're alive. And you never lose sight of the faith. Tragedy, trials, unexpected things, things, stuff, circumstances, winds, seas, waves, whatever. We live by faith. He's talking about the faith, understanding who you are now that he's come. Are you guys with me? So the faith is a perspective. It's an eye that's in you. You get it? So every day you wake up, you wake up in the faith. And you've got to build that. You've got to to get that in you through prayer and and, and talking about it and waking up and, and talking it back to God and saying, Man, I thank you for my life. I thank you my life is a gift, and you called me to shine. You've put yourself in me. You've lit a light. Nobody gets a light lit and puts a basket over it. I am not a basket-headed Christian. I am a light that shines. Right? The faith. Trials and struggles are happening, and all of a sudden you're living by the faith, and you go, wow. Wow. Father, this is trying to move me into this and get my emotions here. Man, that feels like my old life. It has nothing to do with that. Man, even if this thing is squeezing me, all that comes out of me is you. And I thank you for the wisdom. I thank you for the expression. I thank you for the understanding. Life is different now that you've come. God, I hold on to the faith. My heart refuses to be discouraged or fail. I'm not turning inward. I will not feel sorry for myself. This is about your kingdom and the expression of your love in your life. And it doesn't matter how wrong they did, I will live in righteousness. God, you You've changed my life. That's called prayer, communion, fellowship with the Lord. Yeah, it really is. Ah, So Paul says, I fought the good fight. Sounds like he was in a fight. Fight the good fight of. So what was the fight? Maintaining the true perspective on his life in the face of it all. Yeah? Come on, this is exciting. Watch. Fight the good fight of... Doesn't say fight the devil. Fight the good fight of... I don't even think about the devil. And if he shows up, we deal with him. If he makes himself known, if he comes out of the grass and goes, boo, we don't go, ah! The only reason he comes out of the grass and goes boo is because we go ah. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden we're impressed with a cut off withering branch that's coming to nothing. Whoa. That understands Jesus is Lord and wants to make sure you never do. So he comes out of the grass and messes with you to keep you out of focus and in derision and caught up with you and, and how you feel and the dreams and the thing you saw. And the, what, what does it matter when you have the faith? He does crazy stuff, paranormal stuff, and then TV's all about it. And and people are ooh and ah, ooh freaky and whoa and ah. And he says, "Oh, I got him on the run. I got him impressed with me. And since I have no identity and I'm a cut off withering branch, coming to nothing, I'd love it if they'd put me on a stage. I'll perform. I don't even think about him, people, and I don't want you to either. Come on. Of course, you don't be unaware of his devices. Of course, you give him no place, but don't wake up and give him an identity." Don't look for him. Don't say, the devil's chasing me. Well, the devil said, what is he? A liar, so flip it and be free. (laughs) Whatever he said, flip it and yay. (laughs) Well, the devil's been lying to me. Well, what's he saying? He's saying I'm not worthy. Well, then you must be. You ought to be excited and worship God. Well, the devil said, well, what did he say? He said, I'm not worthy. He said, I'll never make it. Well, then you must be ready to arrive. Why don't you lift your hands and praise God? He's a liar. There's no truth in him. Why would you believe him for a moment? This is how it works. The devil, he doesn't like any of us. We have destinies. He could care less about you. He cares about the kingdom. And he doesn't want the kingdom established in you. And what happens is you take life personal and miss that it's all about the kingdom. So then you take adversity personal as if it's your world, your go-through, your dilemma. And then from that lonely, isolated place, you cry out to God for help. And the whole time, lose disposition... Lose expression, lose influence, lose authority because you took what you're going through personal and became a product of what you're going through, missing that you're a product of what he went through so you can face this in truth. So the devil doesn't ever want that establishing life. He is freaked out and afraid of what you can become. So he doesn't like that you're saved. He doesn't like that he opened the door for salvation to all men. He doesn't like that he was played like a pawn into the hand of the wisdom of God and didn't have a clue. He doesn't like that Jesus drew back and said, hey, it's the hour of darkness. Do what you must. And they went, yeah, 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 steal, kill, destroy, steal, kill, destroy. And in killing, they opened the door for salvation for all men. So all the way through time, he kills, he wins. He kills, he wins. He kills, he wins. And now he kills. Uh oh, it was Jesus. Oops. Innocence, blood, pure, holy, Lamb of God, mercy seat, yay. I got a vision one time in intercession. It was an actual vision in intercession. And it was funny. God's comical sometimes. I was in intercession and I was praying. I was praying for our city. I was praying for some things. And the Lord was putting things on my heart. And I was just interceding and praying. And all of a sudden, I saw this vision. And I knew in the vision, it doesn't matter what it looked like to me. I just knew what I was seeing was hell. It doesn't mean that that's what hell looks like. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just God knew how to communicate to me. I'm looking at where he lives. Where he abides, where he's judged to forever. Oh, it's just good. It wasn't a good place. You wouldn't want to set your home there. But even if you would, God would be there. The psalmist told me that. Yeah. So watch this. I saw this picture. I knew it was hell. And, and, and remember how Ziglag got overtaken and burned and all the women and children were gone? And David and the men were turning on David and they were out ready to stone him because of Ziglag and the whole nine yards. You guys know that story? It looked like that to me. My picture of that looked like what I saw. I saw these little imps and fallen little mutated little things. And there's this one that was taller, head and shoulders above the wretch, which means authority in the vision, right? He's bigger than the rest. And they were all surrounding him. And they were closing in on him. And they were casting a lot of stuff towards him. And and he's just cowered over. And he was just despairing. Why? Because Jesus had just risen from the dead. And, and, a, and a minute ago, they're going, woohoo, look at him now, dead, yeah, king of Israel, woohoo, got him. And then one spirit, one spirit, Holy Spirit, walks into the realm of the dead, into the realm of darkness. One spirit didn't have Michael and Gabriel in legions surrounding the north or the south. He didn't have a cell phone texting. Look, if they come in hot on the east side, I need you to come in behind me and cover my back. That's a movie. That's weird. One spirit, Holy Spirit, walks in to the realm of death and darkness and lights up the place. They have no option but to bow. They can do nothing. They are Powerless. And through the spirit of holiness. In a legal fashion. According to the law fulfilled. Holy Spirit took an innocent man. And raised him. From the dead. Watch. And there was no thing. That hell could do about it. There was nothing. Why do we fear him? Why do we fear him? There was nothing they could do to stop it. And then the Bible says Jesus is far above. Not somewhat better. Far above all power and principality. (laughs) That's Why this stuff comes, because he never wants you to know and see what he knows. Because if you ever do, it's trouble. And your days of fearing are over. Your days of thinking for yourself, trepidation, looking over your shoulder, over. And all of a sudden, you'll realize the honor of what you've become a part of. Ah. But here's what I saw in the vision. I saw hell closing in on this tall figure. And do you ever see the Grinch that stole Christmas? And he's thinking about how to stop Whoville and their Christmas. And he just can't stand Christmas. And he's like, yeah. And the little doggy's like, ah. and he's just, poor little doggy." And, and, and all of a sudden, the Grinch is going. And all of a sudden, he goes. You ever see that? That's exactly what I saw. I saw this tall figure stand up straight and go like this. And hell is closing in on him, man. And here's what I heard him saying. You fool, we followed you. We've been deceived. We're cut off forever. We turned from God and there's no hope for us now. We trusted you. You were wrong. You failed us. You failed. And they're freaking out. Fallen spirits. Angels created with value and purpose that followed pride and deception wanting to deceive men made in the image of God and make them live in the image of them. wants to reduce the similitude of God in man to the fallen image. That's their plan. And I saw him stand, head and tall, straight. He got that grinch look on his face, and he said, Silence! And when he spoke, they all... Poof. And he said, Listen to me. It's true we were played into the wisdom of God. It is true that we opened the door for salvation to all men. It is true that Jesus is Lord and his blood will speak on their behalf to set them free and to restore their lives. And we know that we can't stop God. And we know that we can't beat him. But listen to me. We can defeat them. We have from the beginning. Remember Eve? Ha ha remember Adam ha ha listen to me we can't stop God but we can stop them let them build churches let them proclaim salvation let them gather together but that's keep them angry frustrated competitive full of pride let them sing in his name let them wave banners let them ring bells that's deceive their hearts and be sure they never change come on people we can't stop God but we can stop them now I want you to go into every corner of the earth I want you to leave here I want you to give trials adversity speak lies get them to not see who they are get them to lie to fight to argue to compete go And keep them deceived. And in the vision, I saw all of them go, going, and he was standing there alone like that. And I came out of the vision crying. Said, "God, give us wisdom, teach us surrender." That's just that's just somewhat of what the vision like. It's pretty intense. You had to have it to understand the power of it. But did you get that? Here's the deal: devil is impressed with God and can't stop him. He is not impressed with man and I've learned through Scripture that he doesn't believe any of us in this room actually love God. He believes we just need him and he's out to prove it. He's out to prove it. He's out to pressure you and put stuff on your life and try to come at you and prove it real quick by your attitude. You're complaining and where's God? And I thought he loved me. Well, I'm done praying. Well, prayer didn't work for me. Well, how come? Yeah, God's good. Then why? That's his plan. Don't make him right on your account. Study and show yourself approved and live sanctified. Give him no place by not being unaware of his devices. Are you guys hearing me? Here's what he does. What's your name? Randy, he sees Randy and he says, "Huh, Randy's getting a little momentum. We'll cut that down real quick." He says, "Hey, come here." And comes out. Yeah, boss. He says, "Listen to me. You get this right. Yeah, 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 boss. Yeah, boss." There's a guy, Randy. He's over at Rock City and he's hanging out. I want you to go. Just remind him of ten years ago, and then talk to him about that opportunity he missed. And and then I want you to just. Begin to keep working on him till he agrees emotionally, and then you suppress his emotions and make him feel down. And you keep telling him his life will never really change, no matter what he says. Boss, you're amazing. Boss, you're awesome. I'll go, I'll go do it, boss. (laughs) So he goes over there and Randy's driving his car. And he just sum up there. He says, Hey, remember? And you know what? What's really the big deal? I mean, why are you so excited? I mean, what's really changed? What are you accomplishing, Randy? I mean, what really matters? What's the big deal? Why are you so excited? I mean, remember when that fell through and you were sure and you hoped? I mean, where was God then, Randy? Right then, Randy has two options. He grays out and believes it and gets depressed. Or he calls you for prayer. Bummer. It's not what you do calling somebody for prayer is not the answer, because what you're doing is you are believing the line. It's your identity. What good is praying for you? I'm not feeling good. I need prayer. No, you don't. You need truth. Yeah, <laughs> we're a ministry crazed and driven people if we're not careful and we think everything is prayer. There's a place for prayer and it's powerful. But it's truth that makes you free, not ministry. So he has two options. He has two options. He either goes, or he goes, Father, I thank you for your unstoppable love for me. I thank you, God. Watch, totally ignore. No, plead the blood. I bind you, devil. I break your power. Come on, none of that. Stop that. Stop that. You're wearing carpet out. Stop. Stop. He doesn't need a stage and you don't need to acknowledge him. It doesn't say resist the devil and he'll flee, it says submit to God, resist the devil. Submitting is resisting. It's a one-step program. You're getting tired with all that rebuking because when it doesn't leave, you wonder why. You get into works and try harder. And now you've rebuked the devil 50,000 times when you could have been in communion with Jesus experiencing Holy Spirit. I told you, if you give me a mic, I'll preach good in your church. He said, if I don't preach good, he's going to sit me down. He hasn't sat me down all week. (laughs) Watch this. So Randy's driving, and he says, Father, I thank you for your unstoppable love for me. I thank you. You've changed me. Man, from 10 years ago, I don't even ever have to look there, man. You've given me a brand new day. And that thing that shut down about five years ago isn't one ounce of disappointment in my heart. Because you're doing a work in me and you're growing in me. And you're making my life influential and, and productive. And God, I just give my whole heart to you. You are my Lord and King. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, because of the devil and the, and the, and the thought, just the sheer suggestion, he springboards into intimacy and worship and greater relationship with Jesus. So Satan comes with the attempt to break him and believes he can break him, but he runs the risk of making him because he might respond to truth and truth might keep freedom flow. So here's what we've done. We've spent countless hours praying for each other over feelings, flashbacks, memories, impressions, and dreams, and it has nothing to do with prayer. It has to do with, hey, that's not even you anymore, man. Why does that matter? Was that in your heart? Do you wish you could do that again? No. Then why does it matter? You want to lift your heart and lift your arms and lift your voice and say, God, you've changed me. She said, yeah, but it made me feel so dirty. I was driving and I said I'd never sleep with him. And then I did and I was driving and then I pictured it and I thought about it and I felt dirty. No, you aren't sleeping with him. That person did a while back. That person changed and is brand new. And if you had the chance to do it again, you wouldn't be in the bed. You ought to be excited. So that filthy picture comes, and you're driving your car, and you don't pull over and weep and cry and call your girlfriend and say, pray for me. I feel so defiled. Are you kidding me? That's a guarantee to get the picture again and again and again and again. It's not who you are. If it bothers you, it's not you. You're not dreaming it up. You don't want it. That's a good sign. So stop taking the identity for something you're not and keep growing in Christ. Run to him and thank him that he's changing you and he's molding you and he's loving you and you're loving it. All right? Come on, man. As a pastor, I've watched this thing happen too many times. So Randy's in the car. He says, Father, I thank you, Joe. And this imp's like... And he says, boss, boss, come here. What? Did you get him good? Well, boss, I told him. I told him everything you told me to tell him, boss. He didn't even acknowledge me. He didn't even talk about you. He just lifted his hands and he worshiped God. You fool. You couldn't have told him what I told you to tell. I did, boss. I swear. I swear. I told him everything. You couldn't, you couldn't have told him. When you tell Christians those things, they gray out, they get depressed, and they call for prayer. <laughs> not, not, not this Christian, boss. This Christian's on to us, man. He's on to God. This, this Christian's got us. Figure it out. Yeah. Come on. Listen to me carefully. If that thing you're thinking is making you cry to sleep, you ought to stop crying and rejoice because it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. Stop saying there's something in me. Stop saying I need delivered. Stop saying I need prayer. Stop buying into the devil and opening your life to him when you don't belong to him. Yeah. You're changed or it wouldn't bother you. There was a time you did those things on purpose. You dreamed them. You com- contemplated them. And when you did them, you were thinking how to do them again. But that's not you anymore. Yeah. So don't give him power over you for what you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell I ain't preaching the two things I was gonna? Yeah. <laughs> See? It's not my fault. Isn't that good? I've watched too many good-hearted people get deceived and get condemned because of lies. People come to me crying even when they do wrong. They come crying and they're, it's right to take responsibility. It's right to make an adjustment and get cleaned up. But they come and they take it so hard and so heavy that they identify with what they did wrong. So that you've had this, guys. They come to you and they cry and they're being sincere and they're humble and they're, they're exposing their stuff, man. And they're like, Pastor, can I talk to you, please? And I say, yeah. They say, can we find a place? I say, come on. We'll walk in a quiet corner. <laughs> and I'm like, it's all right. Just talk to me. What's going on? <laughs> well, I've been safe for two years. You know, I thought I was free. And I just thought, hey, how are you still? I don't even know what happened, but two days ago, I go, okay. I say, listen, I'm so excited to see how pure your heart is. And they go, pure? Pure my artist. Didn't you hear what I just said I did? <laughs> well, yeah, I did, and, and we'll deal with that in a minute. But here's what I'm excited about. I see who you are. I heard what you did, but I see who you are. And I see who you're becoming. Because, honey, there was a time in your life you did that and didn't even blink. And now you're broke up and can barely talk to me about it. You're changed. And I'm excited that the gospel's alive in you. Yeah, but... But I did. I get it. But the problem is if you start thinking you are what you did, what you did is guaranteed. But if I can make the tree good in this conversation and show you who you're becoming, what you did will die. Because if I can make the tree good, the fruit's good. If you try to do better, you'll fail. If you become different, it's automatic. So here's the deal. sister. what do I do, Pastor? Right now, you just take my hand and you run to Jesus right now. I'm with you. I'll hold your hand. You're not naked. You're not ashamed. You're fully clothed, girl. And you run to him and say, Father, thank you for loving me, receiving me. Thank you for the change you're bringing in my life. That thing two days ago is so not in my heart. It's so not my desire. It's so not my want to. I don't even know how it crept up on me and how it got to me. But I'm telling you, I know my life is more than that thing. And my heart is being changed. So my life is being changed. And your grace is with me. And you're the one making a difference in me. Thanks for loving me, Father. I know loads of Christians that aren't even thinking that way, let alone. Talking that way to the Lord. They're just going, Well, I messed up. Well, maybe I'm not for real. Hmm, I wonder if I'm even saved. Well, I guess if I'm gonna sin, I might as well make it good. (laughs) I've been around a little, I know what happens out there. It ain't cool. I was in a service years ago. I had a mic. They were going to let me speak. And the worship was amazing. And it got to that holy place where there was hardly anybody playing and everybody was kneeling and nobody was even touching their instrument. And We had like one little girl was sitting there touching the high keys and it was like rain. And She's just barely doing it. She's barely holding on. Everybody else is going. It, it almost seemed wrong to speak. Like out of turn to say anything. And we're all just standing there just savoring this moment of the holy, amazing, wonderful presence of God. And I got a mic, and I ain't thinking of saying nothing right now. I'm just... And right in that moment, amazing, fascinating, peculiar. Right in that moment... A video runs through my head that I watched before I was saved. That if I could do it over, I would have never put that in my soul. You say, "Well, you're dead to yourself." You see, that must be something lingering. You mustn't be something that has to be in you. Stop thinking everything you think is in you. If it bothers you, it's being suggested, not contemplated. If it doesn't bother you, you better seek deep in your heart. If it bothers you, it's a dead giveaway. You're not conjuring it. You wish it would never show up again. And if you get bothered by it, you're guaranteed to view it a few more times. So now I'm in a spot, right? I got the mic. I'm supposed to preach. What's the devil doing? Hey, remember when you watched this? Hey, remember how this pleased you? Hey, this is still in your heart. This is still in your life. Come on, man. You know you want to see this. And I'm telling you, it was like a ticker tape, like I was watching it on a screen. It was that bizarre. In the holy presence of God, we're there, and this thing runs through my mind. It's a direct assault on my identity, my calling, my confidence. Here's what the devil wants me to do. He wants me to go, wow, something's wrong with me, man. How can the devil be here in the the presence of God? I mustn't even be in the presence of God. I must be in, I don't know what's wrong. How could I preach if I got this in my, oh, and now I'm over kneeling, crying, repenting for something I'm not. Yeah, I hope you're getting something this morning. Yeah. Well, he's happened to father me a little brighter and sharper than this strategy. Because that atmosphere was, it was good, man. Right, that atmosphere was, but now you're touching me wrong. Now you got my warfare buttons on. Now you're pushing me. And I ain't going in a corner. I'm in a broad place. <laughs> I shocked those folks. Those people didn't know what was going on. That picture went, boom, and in about 1.8 seconds, I realized what was going. I was like, "What?" Out of the blue, this thing just came, and I went. So I didn't watch it for but uh, 1.8 seconds, and I went like this. Father, I love you and I thank you and you've changed my life forever. You've purified my heart and you put all that you are inside of me. I am not the man that I used to be. I am your child. I am your son and you live in me and you love to. I'm clean. I'm righteous. I'm pure. And I went bananas for about 10 minutes. Way more intense and way louder. I'm just being gracious. Why? Because I'm in a war. And I'm fighting the good fight. I ain't punching the devil in the mouth. I'm staying steadfast in the identity I've received through the Son of God. Yeah! 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 So I'm freaking out and I'm, wow! And all of a sudden people started thinking, well, I don't know where Dan's going, but sounds good. Father, I love you, and people are Jesus, and next thing you know, we went from to Ah oh, Rock City, baby, yeah. Like, <laughs> so watch, 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 watch. So that was back in the day where I really ministered a lot and really. Manifested my giftings a lot. I've really backed off of that and I do a lot of teaching and training and equipping because the problem in the church when you manifest your gifting, everybody comes to you for your gifting. And the purpose of your gifting is to multiply that grace in the many. God never made a man a prophet so you put him on a platform to prophesy to the people of God over and over and over. And so you put him on a platform and he imparts the grace of prophecy into the people so they begin to prophesy. What we've done is become ministry driven so we all go to the prophet in hopes that we get a word and we all have our little personal prayer with God that you point me out in the crowd and give me a word. Why don't you just get in a bedroom and talk to him? Yeah. Sometimes it's not good when you always need a word because you're not getting direction from him so you always need it through someone from him. Just say you. All right? You okay? You guys all right? Okay. So here's what happened. It was in the day I ministered a lot. And I, I was just, and I was there to teach a school of ministry. I was just going to teach a school of ministry. And, and I'm like, now I'm like, uh, me and Holy Ghost are like, uh, you know, we're just grunting back and forth because I'm fired up because this thing came and who I am trumps that thing, right? So I looked and I said, uh, I said, ma'am, I don't know. Oh, it was a man over here. I said, Sir. I said, you've just been diagnosed. You've got two herniated discs or a ruptured disc. I said, it's two actually right in the middle of your back. It's really, really tough. And he, I said, it's on fire right now. He went, oh, oh, oh. I said, yeah, it'll never come again. I said, ma'am, that thing on the side of your ankle, you don't know what it is. It's growing there. Check it because it's not there. And bam, bang, bam. He said, brother, I wish you'd minister that way, right? You sit on a plane beside me, you'll probably get that. The problem is in the church, when you minister that way, everybody makes you an icon, a hero, a celebrity, and they all fill the church to get ministered to instead of become what they're impressed by. So God spoke to me about 12 years ago and said, hey, what you're doing is great, and the revelation you pursued, and the way you're moving, and the things that you're doing. It's awesome. It's all my kingdom. It's all my grace. But who are you multiplying, and how are you reproducing what's in your heart in the hearts of others? I said, Lord, I haven't even been thinking that. He said, how about thinking that? And I said, Okay. So I've been very careful to think that. I don't promote nothing. I don't highlight things. I don't put clips up there. I don't say what God's doing through this ministry. That would attract you to the ministry, not to Jesus. So you have needs, and and I'm the one you call. No, you get to know him. Come on. It's just right, guys. Don't argue with it. Don't fight with it, because I'm being bold right now at the risk of sounding arrogant. What I'm saying is just right. And there's a place for prayer and agreement. And there's a place for things. And I know sometimes God leads and gives direction. But most of the time we're needs driven and we're trying to get where we think God's moving. And that's a sign of no relationship. That's a sign of not getting to know him more. We need to be teaching that more so we can be the body of Christ. And these signs follow not the gifted. These signs follow the believer. Fair? Okay. Okay. So I guess running that video through my head is probably not the best idea, huh? If you're the enemy. But he believes it's a great idea because it works so much. I was three months old in the Lord. Violent, vile curse words going through my head. Couldn't shut them off. Couldn't turn them off. Now that I know a little bit around the body, I'm glad. I'm not putting the body down. I'm just concerned, man, that we're chasing things. I'm glad I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. Because of how everybody would have probably handled it and responded. That was in my life. Wow, well, you got a demon. Wow, well, you need delivered. Wow, well, you were saved, but you weren't delivered. And wow, but when I read Colossians, I've been delivered from the power of darkness. Yeah. There's a place for me to get alone and believe that. And even if I need delivered, deliverance comes in the faith, in that. You don't need to throw up, and you don't need devils to scream out of you. you. You just change. I've seen people delivered from demon possession when I hug them sincerely. And they went, I don't know what just happened to me. but I was, It's okay. Jesus just loves you. And I don't even say nothing. Just, I just feel, I know. You feel free, don't you? He loves you. That's why you believe in his love. Listen, he loves you. Yeah. Just tell him, oh, Jesus, I know you love, you love me. And before they were so bound up, they couldn't even think that. And all you did was hug them. And they went, you just, you just knew it. You just perceived it. Why? It's no match for Jesus. But if you're impressed with them and you got some method and you got to hold conversation with them and you got to take five hours to talk them out into coming out, and I don't know. I'm just bothered by it all. I'm bothered by it all. I think we're impressed with things that we shouldn't be impressed with. I saw a lady levitate one time. You know why the devil does that? To impress you. She levitated and I said, knock it off. Come out of her and she dropped to the ground. And then I said, come out of her. And it thrashed her feet and her head like this on the ground, busting her up. Bam, bam. She said, get out of her now. Boom, it was gone. She was playing with witchcraft as a Christian. She was checking out Ouija boards and messing with things a Christian. Now she's levitating. Go figure, huh? I was in a house and the flashlight went from the counter to the table. Why? Because he thinks if he goes boo, you'll go ah. He's sure we're just going to go And the lady's in the house, and she says, see, see, this stuff happens all the time. I said, honey, stop. Please stop. I said, it's a spirit. Let me show you what happened, honey. You can see me. You can't see him. Let me show you. (laughs) Like, why are you so freaked out? You know what? Watch. It never did it again. There's a house with a crib and a baby in it and a startled mother. All the crib toys are floating above the baby. Why? He's coming out of the grass. He's going boo because we go ah. And then we go crazy over it and and call people and talk about it. And we, we almost make it God. And it says, man, I got him on the run. I'm going to do more freaky things. They honor me. <laughs> so you say, honey, it's a lion devil. It's a spirit. And he's trying to freak you out because that's your child. There's no power or dominion over you. All he can do is play charades, magic tricks. I understand he can cause harm if we really fear him. This is a stupid magic trick, honey. All the toys lay down and they never lift up again she learned to never fear him but to fear the Lord you guys with me I don't even know why I'm telling you some of this stuff who's never heard me preach or teach in here who let me see your hands quick oh wow I'm going to tell you one more story then because most of you didn't hear the story it's a long time ago people I was in a service like this preaching. And I was preaching how God loves us and and the message I preached, the love of God, the goodness of God. And at the end of the service, we were just praying for some people that wanted prayer and and that was back in those days, I ministered a lot. So this couple drove a girl all the way from Philadelphia two hours to our church because they were hoping I got to pray for her. I, I don't like that anymore. I stay away from that and I ask people not to do that to one another. It's just Christ in us. Last night you saw people healed all through this room. And I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Got a lady weeping out there, wearing her high heels, huh? First time in a long time. Because her ankles got healed. I had nothing to do with it. You say, well, we're under the umbrella of your anointing. We're getting touched by what you carried. I hear people tell me that stuff all the time. Dan, you keep trying to say, but you have to understand you walk in a gift. Stop it. Stop it. I understand I walk in a gift, but the sign doesn't follow the gifted; it follows the believer. That's you. I feel like a father right now. I rarely feel like a father, but right now I feel that way. I don't usually take that initiative to say that, but it's funny how that feels in me. Ah. They brought this girl to me, and they said, here, could you pray for her? And I said, what's up, honey? She said, I didn't catch her language. I think I was blinded to it just because Jesus was teaching me. He was about to rock my life. After this happened, I cried for three days. It's not an exaggeration. Cried for three days and couldn't talk about it. I was so overwhelmed. Three days is a long time. I was so overwhelmed. She said, "I, I just want this Jesus. I didn't catch this. I just, I just heard, I just want Jesus. And I just want more and more of him. So I thought, wow, she's hungry for more of the Lord. Look at her. She was so precious looking to me. She's innocent. She's 20 years old. She's just standing there. I just want this Jesus. And I want more. She heard a message of her life. And I thought, she's a sitting duck. I thought, Lord Jesus, she really wants more of you. Would you come? And before I got out of my mouth, she's on the floor. And I'm like. She was a sitting duck. Wow, what a heart. I took a half a step and I saw something and I looked and she goes into this trance, this asphyxiated trance. And her face, there's no way a movie actor could do what I saw on her face. There's no way. Sheer terror on her face, frozen. She looked like a wax figure. Sheer horror, terror. I'm trying to exaggerate it on purpose because I can't describe it good enough. It was obvious it was terror. And I went, well, Lord, this is obviously demonic. I said, is there anything you need me to do, want me to do, or do you have this? Because I already said, Jesus, come. That's a lot of times enough. Like this, these grandkids brought a kid to the church one day. They wanted me to touch the grandson. So they come into church, and the grandson doesn't. He, they just bring him into church, and he says, who's that man? And they said, well, that's the preacher. I want you to meet him. She, he said, I ain't talking to that guy. I don't want to meet him. I, you ain't even taking me near that man. And they're like, oh, my gosh. You, well, we want you to, please. So he would no way. Get, just keep me away from the man. Why don't you want to? I just don't want to. So they came up, and they're trembling. My grandson's like, he won't come to see you. He doesn't want to see us. He said, hey, man. Hey, it's okay. Talked to him for about a minute. And I just was like, prayer came out of my heart in the moment. I said, Father, thank you for loving him and freeing him. God, you're good. He went, pew, busted out the door and bolted out the church. Bolted. Grandparents went, and they ran. I said, stop. And this is where you better have faith and you better know. I said, stop. He's fine. Just stop. Come in and enjoy the service. He's fine. He said, what? What? I said, I'm just telling you, please on this one, just trust me, I've never even done this before, I'm telling you, he's fine. We went and had church service, about 30 minutes into service, he comes walking in the door, you can see he's changed. He comes, sits beside grandma, lays his head on her shoulder. She holds him the whole service, I got to talk to him at the end. He was running in madness, and the thing left him, and he went, (gasps) (sighs) and he came back to church. (laughs) We think we have to chase the kid, tackle him. Come out in Jesus' name. And then pray for his skull, you know what I mean? So I said, Lord, obviously this is demonic. I said, is there anything you want me to do? Or do you have this? Here's what I didn't know. She's 20 years old. She's a Shiite Muslim. Raised in a Shiite Muslim family from birth. You know what that is, right? Five percenter, militant, doesn't represent the Muslim community. It's the exception. Shiite Muslim. I didn't know that. I found this out later. Story's fun. This is a fun I cried for three days, guys. I looked down there and he said, it's hard, man. It's so overwhelming because it's so real. Who'd she ask for? Who'd she ask for? I said, what's going on, Holy Spirit? Do you, do you need me to do anything or does, do you have this? And he said, Dan, the spirit that has bound her her whole life. Remember the terror thing? The spirit that has bound her her whole life is beholding the face of the Son of God. They just don't fear you. They believe they can take you. Because they believe you'll love your own life. You'll pray for your own sake. You'll pray for your own well-being. And you'll reduce God to survival instead of transformation. And they believe you'll get discouraged. And they believe you'll get hurt. And they believe you'll get angry. And they believe all that stuff. So they come hard to prove it. And most of the time they're right. And we need to start making them wrong. Man, this is heavy, bud. Are you okay? Are you guys good? Can you tell I love you? Can you tell I'm not mad at you? Let me talk free because I'm on this thing, okay? I'm looking at her and she's like "Yes, It's not her. It's the spirit. And all of a sudden I look and I get the greatest revelation of my life. They are no match for the king. What? So when I saw this, I got this picture all of a sudden. We're in a church with a pretty tall roof, peak roof. And now who knows, Jesus is way bigger than this, but he was the whole height of the roof. I saw him for a second, this man in a white robe. He was standing, straddling her like this. Ah! See, I got to tell you some of these stories so you know what's wrong with me. Because if I don't tell you these stories... You'll waste time trying to figure me out. So out of love for you, I got to tell you a few things just so you don't get... Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, you have no idea. I did that rooster thing on purpose, and it wasn't proud. It was confidence. This, this what I saw, you know who that was. It wasn't Michael. Bless God for Michael. Wasn't Gabriel. Thank God for Gabriel. Wasn't an angel. Thank God for ministering spirits. It was Jesus. He said, I want him. I said, would you come? He said, be right there. Yeah! Yeah! And the spirit, the spirit that we fear, that we honor, that we make much of, that's on all over CNN... We go, oh, wow, she's a Muslim. We need to get an intercede for a week. We need to fast for two. We need to... So I got like a Banny Rooster, man. Banny Roosters are bad, man. They're about that big and you ain't messing with them. I don't care if you're a big rooster. they, They know they can take you. And they walk like it. And they act like it. Bannies are bad, man. And I turned into a banny Christian. And that thing's laying there going, and I said. I said, I had, actually, this is exactly what I did, actually. I had my hand in my pocket, and I was trembling. And I said, now you see. And now you understand why you have to leave her. Because Jesus is Lord. High voice that almost broke your eardrum, just like in the Bible. Ah! Crazy, that is an eighth of what happened. Holy Spirit said, stand her up quickly and tell her I love her. We got her up. We stood up. Honey, he loves you. Watch. It's in her DNA. She ain't Muslim, 20 years old, never been in church. She says, Jesus, thank you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you. I said, oops. Oops. So she's just like, Oops. I guess if he's not for today, we ought to tell him, write him a letter. We didn't even ask him. He just came. You almost think he'd own the place, you know? So the man came running up to me that brought her, and he's crying. And he said, man, I'm so glad you got to pray for her, man. He said, did she tell you she was Shiite? Or did God show you? I went, huh? And I cried for three days. You know why? Because in my heart of hearts, I knew if I knew she was Shiite, I'd come at it a certain way and empowered it, and we wouldn't have got her free. I stood there and bawled like a baby because I knew I'd have tried hard because of the knowledge of Shiite in me i came at it. Uh-huh. Bob Hazley calls it the samurai tongues. I'd have... <laughs> you know? It's just weird. It's just weird. Name of Jesus. Probably Jesus would work okay. Because when you do all that, you're intimidated, and the cats out of the bag, and they sense fear like a dog. OK, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm really. No, I, I can. I can be done. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't get sentimental on me. I can be done. I, I'll be done. Yeah, but let me just finish three minutes. Don't be disappointed. I, I really think I'm done. I do. I think I'm done. Let me just do this. OK. I, I don't need to. I don't need to because I'm done. Watch this. I cried for three days because when I got convicted, knowing I'd have come at it a certain way. You guys tracking with me? Guess what Holy Spirit whispered to me? When I was crying in conviction, he said, See, Dan, all I ever need you to know is Jesus is Lord. And I cried for three days. I tell stories like this so you can see why I'm so the way I am. It's not my fault. Witchcraft came early in my life three times and tried to destroy me. The Lord told me it was voodoo. There was witches coming to the church. They were pouring yarn on the door handles and chanting at nighttime. The whole church was freaked out. And I'm going, why? Knock it off. You ought to be glad they're here. And then the thing hits me and everybody's confused and ready to stumble. But who knows? I look okay, I think. Jesus is Lord. I want you to run well. I want you to keep your hearts pure. I want you to give him no place, the devil. And don't be unaware of his devices. He wants to get a rise out of you. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze a Christian, you get Christ. If you squeezed an orange and got apple, it's weird. Why isn't it weird when you squeeze a Christian and get everything but him? So listen, I want you to run well. I want you to keep this one heart thing going. I want you to be the steward of your own heart. Don't be somebody else's steward. Be your steward. You shine. You live with influence. And if even the people around you aren't getting it, you get it. Don't let what they don't see define what you do see. Walk in the light as he's in the light. For anyone that says they abide in him ought to also walk even as he walked. It's been awesome. If you wanna pray for people then or whatever, I'm gonna sit down so I don't mess up. I love you guys. I've been honored to be here. And I'm glad you let me come. Bless you.
0: You have been listening to an audio message from Dan Moeller presented at Rock City Church in the beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to listen. Please visit us whenever you're in town. And our prayer is that you'll continue to be inspired and wind-driven in all that you do. Stay fired up!